Hey everyone, if you're a fan of the show, please head over to MikeyOp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com. Thanks. Hi, I'm Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, Interviews with the Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. And I don't know if you can tell by the sound quality of this recording, but I am in an empty house with a large echo, and it is 6 a.m. on a Sunday, which means if you're an avid listener of the show, I'm calling an international guest. And today it is none other than a very, very close friend of mine who has been living in Kobe, Japan, and in the greater country of Japan for about 15 years. His name is Jeremy Diamond, and uh, we're going to welcome him to the show. So hi, Jeremy. How's it going? Hi, Mike. I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to have you on, and thank you for... With the time differences and how bizarre it is for coming on, I know you're a family man and a working man, and you got a busy life. So no, really happy, really happy to be here. Thanks. Cool. Uh, our standard question for all guests is pretty simple, and it's just uh, how old are you? Where did you grow up? And what generation, if any, do you consider yourself a member of? Um, well, I'm uh, 49 years old. Um, I grew up in Dallas, Texas, uh, and um, I guess I'm Generation Z. Or Generation X, excuse me. Sorry about that. Generation X, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, very cool. And then uh, because you live in Japan and you're, I don't know if you call yourself an expatriate because I don't know when that term gets applied, but I would like to hear, first of all, was I accurate? Has it been 15 years that you've been there? It has. Yes, that's correct. Cool. And and you've visited America, I believe, twice or three times since then? I think it's been three times in the last 15 years. Not Not enough, that's for sure. Well, I mean, and from my perspective, just as like, I mean, I call you a best friend and I've seen you like very little in person. We've obviously kept in touch over the years. But uh, what is it like? Like, I mean, you're totally, uh, you know, you live in Japan. Like, that's what I'm trying to make sure our audience can see. Like, it's not like you come here for months at a time or anything. So what's it like? What's it like coming and moving to a different culture? I mean, yeah, Japan is um, it's a beautiful country and uh, it's a really easy place to live. Uh, even though there's language barriers, there's cultural, cultural barriers. Um, it's just a really comfortable, easy place to live. Um, uh, people are kind, obviously the food is amazing. Uh, traveling in the country is so easy. Uh, traveling in Asia is very easy. So it's, it's just a yeah, very nice, very comfortable place to live. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, actually, let's real quick, because I do find this part like the most fascinating. So I visited you like, I don't know, probably six months after you moved there in 20, 2007. And uh, language was definitely not easy for me, as in I literally understood nothing, spoke nothing. The English translations were, my word, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was not able to function at all. And so I'm curious, like, how has it been language wise for you? Because I know the culture which I'm also going to ask you questions about is extremely different from ours. But how is it like, I mean, this isn't like going to Mexico where you kind of vaguely understand Spanish because you grew up in America. How, how, how was that conversion for you? I mean, yeah, again, I, I've been here 15 years and I, uh, I, my survival Japanese is pretty great. Um, my conversational Japanese is not so great. Um, the business Japanese that I have to use at work is uh, pretty terrible. Um, but I always do find a way to communicate. I mean, obviously, communication is much more than just language, right? So um, uh, even after 15 years, I definitely still struggle to uh, with, with my Japanese. And then uh, not to like blow up your spot, but you know, it's pretty open and, and awesome to talk about. But you did marry a Japanese woman, and you have two children there. So how is that side like? Uh, what is it like? Because I mean. I'm assuming that you have in-laws and like you actually get to experience like Japanese family now, which is also another layer. 
Yeah, I'm I'm really lucky. I have uh, um, amazing in-laws. Uh, they're they're so kind and and welcoming. Um, as far as the wife and kids go, I mean, we're we're I think the same as any family. I, we're we're multicultural, and uh, my children are bilingual, which is unbelievable. Um, but I mean, day to day life is as I imagine any any family is, you know. <laughs> well, and I mean, I come. Yeah, I have a two families. I, I'm married and very happily so with a daughter here in America. And then unfortunately my son lives in Thailand, as you know, which is an Asian country. So he's bilingual, but I don't experience what I'm about to ask you about, which is, does he ever like converse in Japanese with your mother, sorry, his mother in front of you? Like, is, does, is he, I know you have two children, but I'm talking about the older one. Is he like aware enough to do that yet? Oh yeah, definitely. They both are actually. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so yeah, um, I have a six-year-old and a two-year-old. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Um, they both speak English to me and Japanese to my wife, um, and, and it's uh, they just switch it back and forth. I mean, even sentence to sentence. Um, look at the look at my wife and speak Japanese, and then look at me and speak English. So yeah, it is. It's really amazing. It really is. And I've met your wife, and she's like a million times fluent in English. Um, with with all due respect to you, she's far better at English than you are at Japanese based on what you've told me. I'm not saying that. In, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, definitely. Definitely. So I'm actually just curious. And again, it's fun to explore these family dynamics and I know I'm not crossing any boundaries, but does she ever, if she gets like angry enough, will she like use Japanese with you forgetting that you don't <laughs> speak it? No, actually she, uh, she'll just swear in English uh, at <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So those are just kind of like the fun questions I wanted to get not out of the way because I have a strong feeling they're going to tie in. And so now I want to move it back to a little bit of what the podcast usually focuses on, which is the nexus of like spirituality and just humanity. So humanity is what I refer to like this human world that we all agree on. And then spirituality and metaphysics is obviously everyone's interpretation of how you got here, what you are and where you go. So where you were raised in America in Dallas, Texas, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you were raised Jewish. Is that correct? Yeah, I was a. I think like you, um, I was a reform reform Jew. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, so are you Jewish to this day? Like, do you refer to yourself as Jewish or? Yeah, it's the whole race religion thing, isn't it? Um, no, I'm not religious at all. Yeah. And and is uh, Japan in any way to you a religious country or? It's uh, a really interesting question and kind of impossible to answer. Um, Japan's a very traditional country. Um, it has like two main religions, uh, Shintoism and Buddhism. Um, but, um, people just kind of, I, sorry, I, and I don't mean to be an ex say I'm an expert on Japanese religion because I'm by no means an expert. No, but you were just for our audience's uh, knowledge, you do have a history degree. You're a very knowledgeable person and you love culture. So I, I do think you're somewhat of an expert. I, um, I do love history, but, um, I mean, it's a hard culture to, penetrate uh fully but um I, I think um uh a lot of people most people in japan follow the kind of traditions of shintoism they go to the shrine on new year's eve um they you know go to temples uh but it's not for again i don't want to sound like an expert but it doesn't seem to me like uh it's for religious reasons reasons as much as traditional reasons um they do it because they're kind of supposed to do it um, if if that makes sense, so yeah, is Japan a religious country? It's a it's a really really complex question uh, that I'm not sure I'm I'm in the position to answer. Um, I'm going to go with no, uh, but um, but there it is a very traditional country. 
And so actually, it, to me, it sounds a lot like patches of America. It's impossible to talk about America as one country when it comes to, especially to religion, because we're so diverse. But um, how would you compare and contrast like the America says it's secular, obviously, like it's in our constitution, literally. But uh, how would you explain like which country do you feels more religious? Oh, I would say by far America. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I mean, there's a Japan's very historical and there's lots of temples and shrines, you know, from, you know, a thousand years ago. Uh, go to Kyoto or Nara or something like that. Um, and people visit them, but it's like tourism and, and uh, again, like tradition, I feel like um, they go on certain holidays, but, and do certain things uh, with their children and stuff like that. But I don't really feel like the, the um, like kind of diehard religion or, you know, in Japan. So, you know, my, my wife is Jewish as well. And her mother is, is uh, Orthodox Jew. So like we, you know, we go to her house and like do the Seder, like we do like the real thing. And, and so for me, it's an act of tradition. And for her, my, my mother-in-law, it's an act of tradition and religion. And so I'm curious, like, does, does your wife and, and her in-laws, do they have any like tradition only religious things they do or uh, i mean no not really actually um they go to the shrine uh new year's day um and um and, uh, it's like kind of a big festival more than like a religious event there's like uh you know food stalls everywhere and um and you know you go there and you eat you eat good food and drink alcohol and you know throw some coins into a a, a box and and pray for about two seconds and that's that seems to be it um yeah but again uh, i don't mean to oversimplify it because it is it is a very complex country yeah and the reason i'm asking all these questions is because that's one of the reasons i wanted to have you as a guest was to explore not just your opinions on death dying and the afterlife but to see what a vastly different culture is like for an american because this show our audience is diverse, but most of the listeners are from Western Europe or America. So we have our impressions as an insider there, but also an outsider. And then as an insider in America, what would you say is like the biggest difference historically speaking? And so I'm going to try to give an example. So in America, we have like a sense of history, like World War II started this way. And this event led to this. Like, what would you say is the biggest surprise living in a country from Eastern Asia, as far as their sense of history, because I imagine it's longer than ours. Uh, yeah, it's a it's another uh, uh, good but difficult question. I mean, yeah, it goes so far back. I mean, American history is uh, what two hundred and fifty years old, roughly, right? Something like that. Um, uh, Japan goes back. You know, uh, you go to a, a, a temple and it's like a thousand years old. You know, for example. Um, so it's. Yeah, it's just a whole different, a whole different thing, um, really. Uh, their sense of history and tradition, I mean, it, it's ingrained in them, um, especially being a very homogenous country um, where their their ancestors go. I mean, they can probably trace their ancestors way, way back, um, you know, to, you know, five, six, seven hundred, eight hundred years ago. So I feel uh, their sense of tradition and history is is way deeper than uh than what it is in america cool cool that's very interesting so we'll put a little like bookmark on this part of the conversation because i think i'll come back to it at the end um but uh for now i would like to go back to you and being raised as a reformed jew which i'm familiar with which is like 
I don't know. It's like going to a couple of baseball games a year, <laughs> calling yourself a baseball fan. It's like <laughs> how I would explain it to people. Um, so, so more directly to the point, um, you know, have you ever had a profound uh, spiritual experience in your life that affected you? Oh, that, I mean, that's a really good and difficult question. Um, I guess it depends on what you mean by spiritual. Um, I, I think it kind of means something different to everybody. But for me, uh, it'd be like when you kind of just lose lose yourself in the moment. So, um, yeah, by that definition, um, like, you know, being out in nature, for example, could be a spiritual moment. Uh, the birth of my children would definitely be a spiritual moment. Uh, playing music, singing karaoke, uh, listening to your favorite song, reading a good book, meeting friends, all of those things could be spiritual moments. Um, I do believe that for it to be spiritual, though, it has to be kind of healthy, um, kind of good for you mentally and physically. But um, so I, I don't I don't mean to offend anybody, um, but I, I think uh, everybody is uh, definitely should be able to believe what they want. And, and everyone has different experiences to and, and different pasts and histories that make who they are. Yeah. And actually, uh, I was going to almost interrupt you to say, you're literally the nicest person I know. And it's funny because everyone who knows you says you're the nicest person they know. I've, I mean, it's it's unanimous. If there was like, actually, there was, there was a going away party for you in America in the year 2007. And the overall, like the top two statements were, I'm really drunk and Jeremy Diamond is the nicest person I know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which means it was a successful party. So uh, yeah, uh, you're also humble because I know you're laughing and, and sort of agreeing, but you're not ever going to say it. So my point is to our listeners, that's part of why I wanted to have you on is that I have never met someone who is as kind as you and as not anti-religious, obviously, because that would make you not kind, but as like unoppressively like philosophical because you do think a lot and you are a philosophical and history angled person, but you, and you don't keep it to yourself in a like arrogant way. I think you just really peacefully go through the world. And so that's why I wanted to pick your brain today. So my next question would be, what do you think is going on historically with religion? Like, so whether or not it's real or not, like, how do you see religion historically to this point? Like more directly to like, where are we now? Like, is religion helping the world net or <laughs> what do you think? Oh, that's a, I mean, that's a really deep, I mean, we could talk hours about that probably. Um, well, you've got about 15 minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, as a whole kind of organization, um, I, I don't know if religion has had a uh, great positive impact on the world. Um, however, I think for a personal thing, for individuals, it, it is positive. And uh, I can see it being, um, yeah, I, I can see uh, people really getting a lot, gaining a lot of, uh, um, a lot from religion. Um, but again, as, as a, as a, the the giant organization I, I don't see it as a overly positive thing um through, throughout time uh and obviously there's been wars and and uh um it's caused a lot of problems differences in beliefs oh well, and, and part of why i find japan fascinating is that japan most recently was involved in a conflict we call it world war ii and uh you know, they're not a religious country. So when people say like, oh, all religion, all wars are caused by religion, like that's a 
great example of one that wasn't. No, greed, greed and expansionism has a lot to do with war as well, yes. So actually, I, I know you're in the middle of answering the question, and I want you to come back to it, but I did want to actually just jump back to like the overall question, which is to give you a chance. Um, what do you actually think is going to specifically happen to you when you die? Like, So to you, Jeremy Diamond, what will happen to your consciousness? Yeah, um, there's, <laughs> uh, there's so many things I'd like to believe, really. Um, uh, lots of uh, really good stories and and uh and and again without uh meaning to offend um just can't seem to bring myself there you know um i do think that our spirit for lack of a better word uh does kind of live on but it lives on through the people that we meet and uh through our friends and family co-workers acquaintances um yeah uh i think uh we are affected by every encounter we have, uh, whether it be two seconds or, you know, 30 years um, and and vice versa. I think the people that we meet are also affected by us. Um, yeah, uh, we learn from others and others learn from us and, and that's for good and bad. And so to, to basically to answer your question, I, I, I think we don't go to, um, you know, a heaven or, and, and I think we kind of live on through our acts and, and how we affect uh, the people who we encounter in our lives. So like I've, uh, I've had a couple surgeries, so I had to be put under anesthesia and like literally just everything went away and then I woke up again. So when you, do you think when you die, everything just goes away, but you don't wake up again? Yes. I, I think so. Yeah. Um, again, I, I almost wish I didn't believe that, uh, but I, I do. Yeah. Um, uh, but I do think uh, because of that, um, um, the connections that we make in life um, are, are so important. And uh, that's why I believe kindness is so important. Well, that's, that's the side of your personality that blows my mind is that like you do practice what you preach. Like what you just said is literally like, the the linchpin of your personality it's like the thing that all of us notice and i can't tell you how many times in the last 15 years i've been like why does this guy care and keep staying in touch with me like and that might sound rude or weird to other people but i'm sure you understand what i mean it's like there's a deep kindness from you like a compelling kindness and to me it's spiritual whether or not you die or not like has nothing to do with it. so it's actually i'm corroborating i'm i'm completely backing up what you're saying and so I'm curious, have you felt that compelling kindness from other people? And is there a person you can pinpoint in your life, like maybe a relative or a teacher or someone like, is there any way you could trace that? Or is that an inherent quality to you? Um, well, first, thank you. Um, you're, you're always kind. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I mean, I've had so many kind people in my life. I mean, so many. I, I've been blessed with that. Um, I, th I think there's good in everybody. And I think getting... Uh, bringing out the goodness in people is, is, is uh, something I try to do. Um, and I hope I do. So no, not, not a specific person, but, but um, just so many people, so many, uh, including yourself, Mike. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> what about, and again, I'm just throwing darts out here. So it's not like I'm thinking that I'm going to lead to anything, but this is kind of how I interview people. Uh, so there's no like relative you had, like no grandfather, grand, uh, grandmother, like someone like early on that you just remember as like a very important person who was in your life? 
No, I mean, again, I, I, I love my family and they've all been kind to me, but, um, but no, no, there's, hasn't been like this one, like, uh, role model in my life. But yeah, no, not that I can think of No. Cool. And this is just questions I've always wanted to ask you actually. So, so then I guess that can sort of explain like the independent spirit that is you, because you did just flat out. I mean, you went there like presumably to get a job and teach English for a year and then it like turn into like, maybe I'll stay another year, but I'm pretty sure after about two years, everyone knew you were just there forever. Well, first of all, I never even asked you this. Are you an expatriate? Is that the term for you? What do you call yourself? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess so. I guess after this. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm in Japan permanently now. So, um, uh, it, it, I, I miss America and there's so many things I miss about America, including friends and family. Um, but, uh, I, as I said earlier, it's just a really good place to live. You know, it's just a really good place to live. So I'm, I'm really lucky to be here. Would you recommend to the average person, not America, but just the average person that finding a place you like to live is actually pretty damn important and that the people will come second or like, how would you give advice that way to someone? That's a, a really good question. I think it's a uh, person by person there. Um, for me, I've always been kind of, uh, kind of transient, um, I think like you, again, Mike, um, I, I've lived in like 10 different states in America. Um, I, I moved a lot. And even in Japan, I've lived in four different prefectures. Um, so I, I think, um, I mean, now that I'm kind of getting on in my years, I, I've kind of decided to settle a little bit. Um, but no, I, I think, you know, they say home is where your heart is, I guess. Um, I, I think home can be anywhere. Um, I just, I just found a really good group of people and a, a, a lovely wife and, and, um, just, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. It wasn't a plan. I wasn't like, I'm moving to Japan. It just, I kind of all happened. That's really cool. And so, uh, what would be the one thing you would like really make sure someone understands before they make that much of a, uh, an effort to move, move there, not to visit, to move there. I think, uh, go, go with the flow of it all. Don't, don't try to force things. Just kind of don't try to fit in. Don't try to force yourself into the culture. Just kind of just go with it. Um, and talk to the people who will talk to you and, uh, just kind of enjoy, enjoy the ride basically. Yeah. Cool. So, so it was a little difficult if you had tried to like resist how different the culture is. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. I think just, um, if you come here trying to, uh, trying to get yourself into like this, uh, my they call it my japan where it's like my my experience in japan and i don't want to talk to you because you're a foreigner and or something like that um i i would say resist that talk to anybody and everybody because um being in japan i've not only met some amazing japanese people and experienced some amazing japanese culture but i've also met people from all over the world and uh um including um uh, Australia, Sri Lanka, you know, um, just everywhere. So, and, and that's, what's kind of broadened my horizons more than anything. And, and that's why I've enjoyed living in this country so much is that, um, it's not just living in Japan. It's, it's meeting people from literally all over the world who have something in common with you because they're here too. Um, so just, just be open to, um, to that. Yeah. That's awesome. And we are kind of reaching the, the end of the show. And I usually like to let our guests have the floor. So before I do that, I wanted to just kind of ask you as a historical expert and as a person who's living in Japan right now, 
Um, obviously the COVID-19 experience was very different for you there because it's a different country, different laws, also your proximity to China. So like the timeline was probably different. I'm just curious, like geopolitically and with all the things going on in the world, as we record this right now, Russia's invading Ukraine. I don't want a political response, but I do want a like spiritual humanity response. Like what do you think is the best direction for all of us to take right now? People in Japan, people in America, people across the world. Yeah, that, that, that's hard. Um, yeah, I think um, I, we're we're all much more isolated than we were two or three years ago. So um, I, we talked about uh, connections and uh, how I talked about how believing that connections were very important. Um, so I, I would say uh, keeping those connections because, um, uh, and you mentioned Mike that I I, I keep in, I've like worked to keep in touch with you and I, I work to keep in touch with uh, almost everybody I know, and that that's because. I think um, by by keeping those connections, uh, we can keep learning and keep sharing together and uh, kind of experience the world uh, together as the world changes and as we change. So in this kind of isolated situation and kind of scary situation is uh, keep connected with people, you know, connect with somebody you haven't talked to in a while and try to, uh, yeah, try to keep those connections going. That's a, that's a fantastic answer. Wow. I was, that's really cool. That's very motivational and very like realistic and concrete. That's like something people can actually do. So um, I, I tend to try to write that in my weekly essays. And so I think you just encapsulated that very well. Um, well, we are pretty much at the end of the show. So I, like I said, I always give my guests a chance to speak their mind. Um, I did just ask you a very like pointed question. So I might've stolen some of that thunder. And I apologize if I did, but uh, what would you like to say to the, the internet at large. I guess just uh, to be positive uh, and uh, be kind. Um, I guess it's, it's not always easy to be kind, but uh, it's it's feels better than being mean. <laughs> and uh, um, the impact of your kindness will live on uh, uh, inside the people who you're kind to, and, and it will have a positive impact on the world. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher this quote, but um, there's this uh, Japanese writer. Uh, his name is Genzaburo Yoshino, um, and I just read a book by him recently. Um, and he said, uh, "What you do makes a difference, and uh, and you have to decide what kind of difference you want to make." That, that's about it. Wow, that is awesome. <laughs> that's about it is a great way to uh, end a very profound statement with uh, a very profound interview. So uh, Jeremy Diamond, all the way from Kobe, Japan. Thank you so much for helping us put another nail in the coffin. Uh, there'll be info in the bio if you want to learn more about Jeremy, but he's uh, the nicest guy in the world. So I feel like I'm probably one of the luckiest guys in the world because I have his personal phone number and contact info. But uh I would like to repeat what he said, which is like the shortest phrase in the world, just be kind. And it does a lot. It impacts people. Being mean also impacts people, which is what he said. So thank you again, Jeremy Diamond. Thank you to our listeners. Um, It is always a pleasure to host and listen to people. And uh, only with your support can we continue. So please subscribe if you have a chance. And to all of you listening, my name is Mike Oppenheim. You've been listening to Coffin Talk. And we will see you soon.